0: Languages such as Vietnamese, Filipino, and Arabic are also becoming more and more high demand in um, these pretty large cities. Having that language education background that FLASP provides has benefits when it comes to the job search. Beyond the job search, it really helps with becoming more of an interculturally competent person, which is very much what's necessary in our
1: modern society. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Cornell senior Charlie Accurso describes his experiences as a foreign language and area studies fellow and the many opportunities he has been afforded as a speaker of many languages.
2: Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University.
1: And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Today, we are joined by Charlie Accurso. He is a recipient of the Foreign Language and Area Studies Fellowship. We will talk with Charlie about his studies related to FLAS and his future plans with languages and cultures. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Charlie. Thank you for having me.
2: FLAS fellowships are funded by the U.S. Department of Education, and they help graduate and undergraduate students acquire high levels of competence in languages that are deemed critical to the national needs of the United States. What FLASs also do is they allow students to gain a fuller understanding of the areas, regions, or countries in which those languages are commonly used.
1: Here at Cornell, FLAS fellowships are offered through the South Asia program and the Southeast Asia program. The following languages are offered, Bengali, Hindi, Nepali, Persian, Punjabi, Sinhala, Tamil, modern Tibetan, and Urdu through the South Asia program,
2: in the Southeast Asia program, we have Burmese, Khmer, Indonesian, Filipino, Thai, and Vietnamese. And in FLAS, there are both academic year and summer programs that are available. Charlie, can you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are? What do you do at Cornell? what? Has your journey with languages been, and which languages do you speak?
0: Yeah, of course. So I'm right now. I'm a senior at Cornell. This is my last semester here. Boo. Um. So we're <laughs> <I'm> very <really> excited for <laughs> you. I'm so I'm a, I'm about to graduate just at the end Yay. of this semester, and so I've been studying linguistics. I came in as a linguistics major oh. as a freshman. I had a brief little stint studying computer science, but then decided to go back to linguistics. Mm-hmm because it was definitely more of my strong suit. Mm-hmm. And so my passion for studying languages actually started back in high school. At that time, I had been raised bilingual, so I I spoke English and Mandarin Chinese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I never learned or attempted to learn a second language. So my freshman year of high school, I started French and found it to be a lot of fun. I'm actually one-quarter French, so it kind, oh. there was kind of a little bit of... Uh, cultural relationship there. But that first year studying French, I really realized how much I enjoyed the language learning process and then also the ability to communicate with people in a different language because my whole life had had been English and Chinese and I was very used to that. So having the French was really exciting. Mm -hmm. And so sophomore year high school, I added Spanish because my high school only offered those two languages. So I went through the AP program with those two languages, and I found it to be a lot of fun. And so, after that, I went on to study Italian and Portuguese because wow. they they're related, you know, yeah. Romance languages. And so, um, and I also went on to take both Italian and Portuguese here at Cornell as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, getting into Cornell my senior year of high school was really exciting because, as you guys know, here. They offer so many languages. Mm -hmm. I think there's over 40 of them. Over 50, actually. There's over 50 (laughs) languages. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So here, I really wanted to branch away from the romance because that's what I was very used to. And so I began taking Chinese more formally Mm -hmm. so I could learn how to read and write um, at pretty much an intermediate, high intermediate level. And then also, as we mentioned with the languages that are supported by FLAS, I branched out into uh, the Southeast Asia region. Mm -hmm. So freshman year, I took Vietnamese, and it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. The professor, um, uh, Dr. Tran Viet, was incredible, and Mm -hmm. she's probably to this day one of my favorite professors Hmm. at this school. Oh,
1: She's a lot of fun.
0: She's absolutely (laughs) wonderful. And so... I took Vietnamese that first year, and then I applied for the FLAS. Okay. Um, and so the FLAS was a wonderful opportunity because it gave me the chance to go to University of Wisconsin, Madison, mm-hmm. to study basically um, the third year Vietnamese. Yeah. So I was able to skip the second year, so to speak, and just go ahead into the advanced content um, just because of how well um, Professor Tran Viet had prepared me, and then also just my experience with learning other languages, also experience with Chinese, helped me propel into the third year Vietnamese, and the FLAS gave me great support to do that. Um, And so I had a wonderful experience doing that um, summer of freshman year, and so I decided to do it one more time, sophomore year, because mm-hmm. it was so it was so great. It's yeah. it's just a great experience if you're interested in a certain language, a certain culture, and you really want that opportunity um, to study a language more intensively. Yeah. That the program I um, used the FLAS for was SIASI, the Southeast mm-hmm. Asia uh, Summer Institute. Yep. Um, and so I repeated that process essentially sophomore year with Thai. So I. Learned. I took one year of basically beginning Thai here at Cornell and then um, was able to be placed into the third year um, at University of Wisconsin-Madison mm-hmm. and finished that up uh, by the end of the summer of 2018. Wow. So that was pretty much um, how I used the flask. Now, other people... Um, have applied it in different ways sure. and they you know they want they maybe do a whole year long program or, mm-hmm. or or something but for me it was wonderful to have that opportunity during the summer and also to just have it planned out in accordance with my sure n- normal school year schedule mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it really worked very nicely um and so just to speak a little bit more about how wonderful the class is is it really prepares you Um, for things that you're trying to do in the future. So Professor Tran Viet recommended to me uh, before the summer, last summer, um, that I basically apply for a travel grant Hmm. to go to Southeast Asia Mm -hmm. um, because I had so much experience with the FLAS, learning Vietnamese and Thai. And then after picking up Thai, I started basically um, in my last two years here at Cornell— uh, Filipino, Bengali, and Arabic. Now, wow. at this point, you know, this it's a lot of languages, so <laughs> yeah. especially when it comes down to, for example, Bengali, it's more so I'm learning it for linguistic reasons, just, sure. you know, to get an idea of what this language is about. But Filipino and Arabic, I, I still had, you know, enough mental space to continue <laughs> learning, so to speak, where I could speak them relatively yeah. comfortably, not at you know, a very advanced level, but comfortably I could get around where I needed to. So mm-hmm. basically, with Vietnamese, Thai, and Filipino, Professor Tran Viet basically encouraged me to apply for um, a travel grant through Asian Studies. Mm-hmm. And so, because of my preparation through FLAS, I was very prepared to go to Southeast Asia. And so, I spent eight weeks there, summer 2019. Hmm. Uh, about a week in the Philippines, four weeks in Vietnam, two weeks in Thailand, and one week in Cambodia. And so obviously the trickiest country that I visited was Cambodia because I never had any formal training in Khmer, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but having taken Thai um, and having learned Thai to a pretty advanced level, I was able to pick up basic Uh my—because the writing systems are similar, you know, uh, the syntactic structure is similar. There's a lot of linguistic detail there that carries over. And so basically the FLAS prepared me so well for visiting that part of the world because— and also my cultural background being half Chinese, Uh I I was also prepared in that sense. But the FLAS really gave me the academic— aspect of it and the language aspect of it. So it was absolutely an incredible experience to be able to do that. And I'm very grateful for the the opportunities that the FLAS offered me as a
1: student. So, Charlie, what has been the biggest takeaway for you from your FLAS experience so far?
0: So basically, I would say the biggest takeaway from the FLAS is that it gives you the opportunity and the support to do what you want with it. So as long as you basically have some sort of plan, some sort of idea that you'd like to study a certain language or get more involved in certain areas of culture, the FLAS provides you with that um, factor that will let Mm -hmm. you pursue that area and it provides the support for you to continue and study um, in that area pretty much. Yeah.
2: Why are programs like FLAS so important, both to you as an individual student, but also to an institution at large, to the people in the target culture, and maybe even to society at large?
0: So FLAS is great for me as a student because, like I said before, it really supports you in the area that you're trying to study. But I also believe that it's very important culturally and Mm -hmm. for our society, because we're living in more and more of a globalized world nowadays. And so it's very important that at our institutions of higher learning, we have funding and support for students to be learning languages in these high needs regions, because Those regions are both becoming more politically and economically important as we move into the future. So the best thing for American students is to have these opportunities to learn these languages and get acquainted with the cultures and just have that better intercultural competence.
2: Mm -hmm. What are your plans in the future? Do you think you will be able to utilize any, maybe even all of the languages that you have been learning here?
0: So this is a very interesting question. The fact that I have been exposed to and studied so many languages makes it difficult to obviously use every single one of them to a very, you know, a deep degree. But for me, um, Spanish right now is proving to be one of the most useful as I'm going through my job search. Um, I'm... Very interested right now in looking at uh, bilingual education positions. So mm, nice. um, that's most likely what I'll be working in after graduation. And so there is a huge need for bilingual English, Spanish education in most major cities mm-hmm, across mm-hmm. the country nowadays, especially in California, where I'm from. But interestingly, several of the languages that appear um, under the FLASS fellowship, such as Vietnamese, Filipino, those languages, and also Arabic, I'm not sure if Arabic was mentioned under the South Asia, probably not. But languages such as Vietnamese, um, Filipino, and Arabic are also becoming more and more high demand Mm -hmm. in um, these pretty large cities. Um, So having a background with FLAS, having that language education background that FLAS provides, definitely has benefits when it comes to the job search. But uh, beyond the job search, it really helps with becoming more of an interculturally competent person, Mm -hmm. which is very much what's necessary in our modern society
1: nowadays. Absolutely. What would you tell another student or friend why they should apply for a FLAS?
0: Well, I would absolutely encourage any other students or friends to apply for this fellowship because it, gives you the support that you need, and it allows you to transition, like I did, into, say, a um, an intensive language program, which um, allows you to learn a language uh, intensively and also to a high level, um, which helps uh, not only with the academic aspect of learning a language, but also it helps cognitively, it helps stimulate your brain, and it also helps um, in terms of getting to know the various cultures mm-hmm. of our world uh, to a deeper degree.
2: Yeah, that's great. So for anybody who is interested in learning more about FLAS or maybe even applying, the application deadline here at Cornell is coming up. That will be Wednesday, March 4th at 4.30 p.m. So you can either search for FLAS on Cornell's website or go to the Inaudi Center website at inaudi.cornell.edu, search for FLAS right there. Or even easier, you can go to a bit.ly website, bit.ly slash Cornell FLAS, that's Cornell with a capital C and F-L-A-S in all caps as well.
1: It's important to note, while Charlie is a language whiz, you don't need to speak multiple languages to be considered for a FLAS. More information about eligibility is available on the FLAS website, and you can also contact the South Asia Program and Southeast Asia Program directly.
2: Is there anything else that you wanted to add?
0: Yeah, I mean, the only other thing is just, you know, the, they don't have to study a million languages. Yeah. Focusing on one is great. And probably advisable Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, have—because most people, it's like they're studying something pretty specific. And it's like having that—a strong, deep knowledge of one particular language Mm -hmm. would be really useful. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Terrific.
2: So what do you think you will be doing? I mean, you said going into bilingual education maybe?
0: Yeah. So right now I'm in the process of the job search and I'm waiting on Uh, results and things. So it is a bit stressful right now. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at bilingual positions for English and Spanish at the moment. But but in the future, um, it's definitely possible to get – uh bilingual authorizations in other languages. Like I'm thinking potentially in the future I might add Mandarin or mm-hmm, Vietnamese mm-hmm, or sure. Filipino because yeah. uh-uh. or even Arabic because those are in high demand nowadays. Mm-hmm. And and I think they will be more so in the future.
2: Oh so. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well and depending geographically in the states where you exactly go, yeah. for sure. Wow. That's cool. So before we sign off, we would like to ask your favorite word in a language that you Are learning, have learned, speak, want to learn. What is that word?
0: I knew this was going to be a tricky question because (laughs) I've been been exposed to Uh, so so many many. different words over the course of learning languages. but. Definitely one very interesting one that I learned last semester in Filipino is "pagpapahalagang social." So that's a very wow. interesting Ooh, please long repeat word. It, yeah, one yeah. more time. Uh, "Pagpapahalagang social." I'm pretty sure is how it's pronounced, and wow. that means so musical. Yeah, yeah. and so that's uh, social norms. So huh. it's it's a pretty interesting word because it does have the Filipino element and then also the Spanish word "social" at the end of it, and also it. Um, is a good example of how quickly that uh, Tagalog syllables are pronounced. So oh. they, they do have a faster uh, rate of mm-hmm. pronunciation in Tagalog, so it's Please pretty interesting. say
2: it one more time for us.
0: Pagpahalagang uh, wow. sosyal. Yeah, so it's pretty very interesting. Cool. Um, so yeah, I would say that's one a very
1: interesting word that yeah. I've learned. I love it.
2: Well, thanks so much for speaking of language with us today, Charlie.
1: Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Next week, we'll share some conversations that Angelica had in the field with some of the educators and practitioners who attended Language Advocacy Day in Washington, D.C. Until then...
2: Auf Wiedersehen!
1: The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter.
2: Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz.
1: Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson.
2: Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University.
1: As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.